I try not to judge. <laughs> you all make it really hard. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of After Nine. We're so excited to have you on the show today to be talking about things related to leadership and youth ministry, which of course, listen, if you're talking about leadership and youth ministry, we're talking about Youth Ministry Booster, the place that you can find a community of healthy and hardworking youth ministers that can meet with you, gather with you, encourage with you. It's the place to find meaningful community. It is the membership site for youth ministers looking for growth and leveling up in youth ministry, which is why Chad Higgins, Kristen Lascola, welcome to the podcast. How are you guys doing today? We're going to work it around the horn. Chad Higgins, how in the world are you? Oh, curveball. Oh, you bringing it to me. Zach, um, first of all, I got, I felt like when you said leveling up in youth ministry, I feel like we're entering into some like World of Warcraft stuff. Like there's some like level 32, like youth ministry mages yeah i mean it's prestige right here it's happening for all of our like nerdy nerdy friends (laughs) (laughs) Uh, come in let's talk about world of warcraft and dungeons and dragons magic the gathering what do you think about that zach you lost me at world of warcraft and alienated all of our listeners Um, Zach and myself are actually... We're professional amateurs when it comes to Magic the Gathering, so I'm going to go ahead and hit cut oh, right here. Magic, my interns are playing that one right now. Oh, man. It's brutal. <laughs> I love it. Zach, how in the world are you? Uh, Chad, I'm doing really great. Uh, we're probably, by the time this podcast goes live, in Memphis, eating barbecue, hanging out at the National Youth Workers Convention. So if it is November 2017, and we're about to meet you this weekend, super excited. If the conference has already passed, make sure to check some links and pictures below. We're having a good time, hanging out with some new friends, hanging out with some old friends, talking about Youth Ministry Booster, talking about all the exciting things that we got going on, our big new project, which is Science and Youth Ministry which you can check the links down for below. But I'm, I'm doing great, man. It's super great. Uh, Kristen, how in the world are you? I am spectacular because da, 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 we had 43 new kids except Jesus. Awesome. And I'm psyched out of my That's mind. That's incredible. Yeah, 43 kids um, last Tuesday what? night at our youth group made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time. We have baptisms this Sunday. It's just a good time. So I feel pretty yeah. pumped. I mean, that's what we do it for. Um, so praying that those are not just decisions, but disciples, mm. as we say. Word. And um, yeah, I'm like on, I'm like living the, the good life over here. Just thanking God for, wow, Absolutely. that was incredible. Those are always like super, super fun. Like those, like we used to do big baptism bashes when we do like um, things like that. And just, oh, that day was always the best of like, you know, just bringing kids in and just, I mean, dunking on them. Oh, I love this. Light them up. Light them up. No, there's something to (laughs) it. (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff. And I love, you know what my favorite part of that is too, is when, all of a sudden you see those kids' parents come and then their siblings start coming to church and then eventually like whole families are like coming to know the Lord because like one kid got invited to youth group and gave his life to the Lord. It's just like, that was what it was all about. When you get a whole family, oh, nothing better. Love it. That's cool. Well, very cool. So Zach, tell us a little bit about where we're going today and what we're... Well, man, I didn't bring the question today. Uh, actually, one of the our members from Youth Ministry Booster did. So you were hanging out in one of our mastermind groups, and our good friend 
uh, Caleb, and I'm so sorry, brother, Spat? Caleb Spat? Spot? Spat? It's some kind, it's, 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 it's a special kind of European. Spot? Spot? Spat? Uh, has a question that, Chad, if you want to read for us, uh, I, I was, I was taken with it. You shared it with Kristen and I, and we're going to, we're going to open up and talk about it. Uh, but this question comes from Caleb. Chad, what did he ask? Yeah, I, we won't dive into like the, the complete fullness of the question, but the the basic gist of what he was asking that I thought was such a great question. I think like many of our listeners, uh, Caleb plays some dual roles inside of uh, his church staff. He's a youth minister, but he's also, uh, quote unquote, the associate pastor. And sure. so um, his big question was, um, hey, how do I... Um, how am I a supportive pastor to my lead pastor? Okay. And I think that that is such a great question to ask. And I think whether we have the title of associate pastor or youth minister or youth director or volunteer, youth worker, whatever that looks like, I think it's great to be asking the question of um, what does my ministry look like not only to the like – people that come to this church, but the other people that are on our staff. That's good. That's and good. I think that that's a great question and, and something we should all be wrestling Because no matter whether you're full-time, part-time volunteer, if you're the youth minister, you're probably not the senior leader. <laughs> and so in some way, you're playing on hopefully some kind of team. Uh, Kristen, help set it up for us a little bit. So if we're talking about supportive pastor, uh, for us to be a better leader in supportive pastor, what does that immediately kind of signify to you when we talk about what it means to be a supportive youth minister? I think the first thing that comes to my mind, um, and I shared this at our leadership conference a couple weeks ago, is that I think most senior pastors are looking for the youth pastor and their entire team to, to be for the church. And what I mean by that is that you're not just for your ministry, because chances are you wake up thinking about your ministry, you wake up thinking about how you can make your team better and your numbers grow and, you know, all of those things, which is good because every senior pastor wants someone who's committed to the area they've hired them to do. But then we also have to look outside of that and not be in a silo to say, well, how am I now for my church? And I think one real practical way that plays out you know, I was sitting here thinking about it a little bit, and um, I think one area that we can tend to be a little unaware in, and it's simple, and it's like something you can implement like now, is, um, you know, like what's your body language in your all staff meetings? You know, are you on your phone? Are you distracted? Are you asleep until it gets to your turn? Or are you diving in and tackling um, the big picture with your senior pastor? Because most senior pastors want a running partner, you know, like run with me, don't make me drag you people. And so when we engage heavily on their issues, their problems, uh, the issues they're tackling and figuring out, if we say, man, I, I have a great person who can do that. Or, well, what if I came early and helped with this? Or, man, maybe me and my volunteers can figure that, like figuring out a way to help them get to their um, finish line, you know, I think they, I, leadership is lonely and I just don't think they want to be lonely and do yeah. it you know, completely on their own. And I think that's one of the things that you share, Kristen, that w let's start with today. I think in a very real and practical way, there's some conceptual stuff that we'll get to at the end on why it's important. But before we even get into the supportive and the big picture stuff, just know that if you are in any kind of role that is not senior leadership, 
it always shows up. Support always shows up in the little ways. And that is what time you show up onto the meetings. I'm sorry, Chad. Uh, what, what you do while you're at a meeting, how you respond to the tasks they give you, how responsible you are with the little stuff, right? Like if you want to make a friend with your church administrator or finance guy, don't have them knock on your door to always get the invoices turned in on time. If you want to be the guy that's beloved by your executive, or team or departmental pastor, make sure you're there on time to the meeting that you were supposed to be at. And I just think about there's so many different ways that we want to lead uh, in a big way or in an exceptional way, but so much of it starts in the very, very small things. Like, Offer to take notes during the meeting, type them up and email them out to people if nobody else wants to do it. Or, you know, be the one that is, you know, happy to make the coffee. I guarantee if you want to be an excellent kind of support person, it starts with the very small, servant-minded kind of things because that's the kind of little stuff that tunes us into what else is going on. Yeah. Well, and I think when you do that, you're gaining credibility along the way, right? Yeah. Like, I think one of the biggest mistakes that we can sometimes make is offering that support or that advice or that information um, before it's really asked of us, yeah, right? Yeah. And and when we're when we become that person that serves in the little things, then we then we grow into that role of um, our senior leadership knowing, hey, this is someone I can trust. This yeah. is someone who's a team player. This is someone that's not just looking out for them, their self and their own ministry, uh, but really sees this body and this church as a whole and, and cares for it and loves it and loves me, right? Like, yeah. you know, I think about like staff members that I've had on our, my youth ministry team over the years or interns. It's real easy to know the ones that lead with like arrogance, if mm. that makes sense. And I think if we're not, um, if we're not careful, like we can be that person, right? I think yeah. it's real easy to be a young youth minister or even an old youth minister and see our senior leadership doing things that maybe we wouldn't do and arrogantly think, well, if they just did it the way that I thought, right. of course it would be better, right? Or, or even more um, so, it's the one thing that you don't like that they do, so you disqualify everything that they do, right? Like, well, they always write their sermons on Friday, so they're just a terrible leader. Well, hold on, friend. Maybe they were really busy Monday through Thursday, and for them, like, Friday is just their writing day. It doesn't make them a lazy preacher. It just means that the way they've ordered their week is different than you would order their week. Mm -hmm. How we were talking before, um, you know, like people always say being a parent is really easy until you have kids. You know, it's so easy from a position to say, oh, well, the parents should do this. The parents should do that. You know, leadership is easy until you're sitting in the captain's chair yeah. in the driver's seat. You know, it is. I think we don't give them enough credit sometimes that it is a lot harder than it looks and the demands they have on them. And we might not understand why they made a decision the way we did. And like you guys said, we might have made a different call, but that doesn't mean we discount their leadership yeah. abilities. We just know, Hey, maybe I would have done things differently, but I'm still going to support you. Um, but I think what a lot of like youth pastors forget too is, you know, I always explain it as like this three legged stool, like ministry is a stool and one leg is the parents. One leg is the students and one leg is the mm -hmm. staff. And I think most youth youth pastors are so good with students. Duh. Like, why would you be doing your job if you right. weren't like good at connecting and hanging out with students? But 
Um, they struggle with the other two parents and that's a different topic for a different day. But the other one is staff. And, you know, I think we forget how much, um, we need to be a good team player, play well in the sandbox with everybody. And the staff needs to love us. Um, our high school pastor, um, I was telling my husband the other day, I said, you know, there's not one thing he would not do for our staff. He will drive any distance, pick up anything you need, help you install anything, help me unload my car, go run an errand I forgot. Like he is so for our team and he's been such a great example of that. You know, it's like never just about high school ministry. It's about our campus thriving. And through that, he's modeled incredible leadership. And like you said, now you win the credibility you know, people see that and say, wow, like you, you care about every piece of this puzzle, not just your mm. piece. And so I, at every campus and every church and every team, that's going to look a little different. But I think, you know, honestly, sometimes pride and um, arrogance kind of keep us from moving forward. So I think a great question to ask and um, kind of a scary or maybe uh humbling question to ask, maybe is a better word, is asking your senior pastor, well, what do you consider a win? Because I think a lot of times we think like, man, he doesn't even appreciate what I do. And I did all this and he didn't even acknowledge it or say thank you or doesn't matter how hard I work. I'm always getting like, you know, we like gripe and gripe and gripe. But then we think, well, have you ever stopped and said, well, what is winning to you? Because I've worked for like three different pastors now and a win they define win differently, yeah. every single one of them. And so unless I know that, you know, there might be unnecessary tension that I'm feeling or griping about because I simply just don't know what language he might be speaking. So once we ask that question, then we humble ourselves to play that game, whatever it might be. You well, know? And I think it's so it's so important, Kristen, too, that that's a conversation that, that you have uh, both in the right time and the right space. And so uh, for a lot of us, I think that we, we come in and, and maybe we think that like, hey, here's a meeting. I'm going to ask whatever I want to ask. But I think setting up the right kinds of conversation channels, you know, asking to be heard um, and waiting for the chance to be heard, working diligently until we are heard. Like, I think there's so many things that uh, relate to the idea of being a supportive pastor that are more than just the things that we verbalize. I think there's a way for us to say things without giving opinions, right? Like like opinionating, opining about what we think is best is a very different way of supporting than serving and asking great questions. And that's one of the things that I think by the way in which we not end the conversation, but shape the conversation and ask, well, what are we trying to do here? Or what, what's our big goal here? Or where, how, how would this look, um, you know, if, if this was different this year than last year? Like these are questions that can be subtle suggestions for I'm open to things that are maybe a little bit different. And so starting with meeting with the senior leader, senior team, and finding out their expectations, and then beginning not to, you know, idea bomb and drop things in the middle of like the forum meeting of the all staff meeting or the deacons meeting or the staff parish meeting or whatever, but beginning to ask some of these questions that kind of open us up to thinking about what what could be. Because I think for a lot of leaders – 
what they value in us is some form of support and serving, but also maybe the way that you can become invaluable is some imagination and creativity. I mean, you don't, you don't win because you're young, but you may have things to offer. Because let's be honest, if you're the youth pastor, you're probably one of the younger people on staff. You have maybe a chance to offer some insight when asked for related to creativity, imagination, and those things. Higgins, what do you think, brother? Well, I, th- I think I, I love what you said of, of being people that, you know, ask questions and coming about it that way. And uh, I always think back to the, those like phrases of like, um, you should, and we should, and all of those kind of things. Right. I think a lot of times we can lead with those, like, you know, you should do this or we should do this. And, and oftentimes I think as you know, your leadership may hear just like, oh, they're dissatisfied and they want us to do this and this and this and all that kind of thing. And I think when we lead from a place of how, how can I and what can I is is completely different. And I think when our our senior leadership hears us um, humbly coming before them and going, you know, hey, what what can I do on Sunday to support you, or what can I do on Sunday um, to 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 continue to carry out the vision that God's given you for this for this church? And I, I think that when we do that, um, we place ourselves in a, um, a just kind of a correct view of the leadership and what's going on there, and not somebody that's just like hurling out ideas. Um, over and over because we're dissatisfied. Um, and I think we communicate to our leadership that, hey, we're on board. Um, we're on board with you and where you're going, and we want to be able uh, to, to serve you. Because I think if, we're, if we find ourselves at a place where we're in direct opposition of the senior leadership, then I, I think that we've either got to have a heart change right? Um, Or we've got to start really asking some difficult questions. Because the last thing that you really want to do is to find yourself causing division and problems in your church, uh, because we're, we're there to be unifiers of the body. And if we're constantly fighting, um, I I think more than anything, um, just submitting to authority is good for our heart and it's good for the ministry. And if we find ourselves not being able to do that, then we really need to ask some some questions of, is this where we're supposed to be? All of those kind of things um, that I think are really, really important. Zach, for you, let's put ourselves in that those shoes. So I'd ask both of you, for like other people that have been on your staff or, you know, interns or whatever that may look like, how have you felt supported by them over the years? Like, what are the things that for you that you go, man, these, these are areas that I feel, I feel supported when they do this or when they have done this, or I would maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the case, right? Maybe you're going, I don't know, but I sure would feel supported if they did do that. The the, the two that I would offer, the first one is when they say they're going to do it, they get it done. I mean, that is, there's a certain trustworthiness there that like if it's as simple as like, hey, will you make sure that like the chairs are set up before tonight or will you make sure that the youth room is clean before we get started? Like I know those are so like menial kind of things, but if I can ask and know that it's taken care of, that's when I feel like, okay, I can trust you to get things done. 
the second thing, ironically, is to come ask me when you don't know how to do it. Uh, I would much rather you be like, okay, you asked me to put together like this like Google spreadsheet thing, and I I don't even I don't even know what Google Sheets is. Okay, great. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. But I think having the like the 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 trustworthiness to get something done and the humility to be like, okay. I know I said I'd do that, or you asked me to do that, and I don't know how to do that, so will you show me? Because I would much rather <laughs> be surprised by you not knowing how to do it than it, like, turning up later and, like, oh, yeah, I didn't get it done because I didn't know how. Like, that's the, like, oh, okay, um, great, thank you. And so that's I think I think that has taught me a lot for both the ways in which I, I want to be supported and the ways in which I need to be supportive of uh, of the ministries, so... I think that um, what you said is crucial to this whole conversation. So one of the things that you said is you feel supported if they don't know how to do it, that they would come to you, right, and, and figure out clarification in that. So for me, I feel supported if I give somebody something, and even if they don't know how to do it, that they that they teach themselves and and okay. they figure it out okay. instead of coming back to me and so to to me I don't think there's right way or wrong way in that but the, the I think it's under of... it's the knowledge of what your leadership values and feels encouraged by okay. right because if I give somebody a task and I'm having to continue to show them instead of them taking some like effort to figure it out on their themselves. Like it just feels like another responsibility coming back to me. And I don't feel so Chad Higgins. Now you're talking about leadership culture. And that's a really important question that I think we need to dive into in just a few minutes because it is going to be different in every context. And so Kristen earlier talked about success expectations, winning and losing, but I think cultural of the like working community is also really important because I'm surprised to hear you give that answer, but I also like totally understand that answer. Kristen, what about you? When do you feel most supported? Uh, one of speaking of culture, one of and I probably just caught this from uh, the culture I'm a part of, but at our church, a big thing is if you're going to bring leadership a problem, you also better bring a solution. Okay. So um, don't just come and dump problems on my desk. If there is a legitimate problem, I absolutely want to know about it. My senior leadership wants to know about it, but the expectation is well. What should we do about it? Bring me potential yeah. solutions. Don't just bring me problems to solve. Um, so we create a, a culture of problem solvers. And that's one thing I really appreciate from my staff is when they see a problem, they don't run to mommy and make me fix it. They say, hey, I want to let you know, here's what's going on. Here's what I think we're, we should do, you know. And we can collaborate at that point, but um, I'm not the only person who can pull a splinter out of a kid's finger. You know what I mean? So, um, and then another thing, one of my favorite uh, leadership quotes is that leaders don't need to be told what to do because they find significant things Mm, to do. And so um, whenever I'm starting fresh with a new leadership team and stuff, I always say, hey, Um, I'm not going to hold your hand and I'm not going to tell you, all right, everyone, now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do that. I said, you need to be a self-starter and you need to work. And if there's, if you're done with all your stuff, you don't go turn on the video game systems until youth group starts. You find something significant to do because there always is. Why am I always busy? You know, we we have a family friend (laughs) that, that owns a restaurant and his like number one criteria on moving people from like server, wait staff, kind of entry level job into like 
assistant manager managerial roles is if they when they walk around they look and pick up trash off the floor like that is like the key that is like the key variable for him Mm. is like because there's a level of ownership in the little things that means and this is like straight up jesus talk where it's like if you're faithful in the little things (laughs) you'll be faithful in the large things and so if you believe enough in the thing that you're doing at the level of like hey, we pick up trash because a clean restaurant matters. How much in youth ministry is that true of like, oh, I do this little thing because it represents a larger part of what I'm trying to do. I love that, Kristen. I think that's such a good, that's a good way for an intern to turn an internship into a job is if they actually are like, hold on. 100%. Yeah. And it's important we model that too. And I'm sure you guys agree. I mean, I make sure my interns see me on the ground scrubbing the slime that some kids spilled and, you know, getting the paper towels and cleaning up the Coke or, oh, some kid decided to rip a piece of paper into 5,000 little pieces and leave it in the carpet. You know, like we call that bulletin I do confetti. all of that stuff. Bulletin so. confetti. <laughs> It's yep, a thing. Yep, it's wow. A thing. I didn't even now I have yep. a name for it. Thank you. I just thought it no. was a uh, pain in my I just neck, thought it was Kevin you know? in my no, That's actually ministry. row four in the worship center. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin goes by many names. <laughs> Kevin showed up to you guys' student ministry as well. <laughs> Dude, that the kid, Kevin is everywhere. He's adorable. <laughs> No, that's good. I, th- I think that is, um, oh. and I think that one of the things that, that that looks like in a way if we're talking about being supportive of our senior leadership is to maybe go ask that question. So I think two things that we brought up in this are the small things and great questions. If you want to make a splash, a show of support, a show of good favor with your senior leadership, go ask them, what's one thing that you feel like you need to do that you don't have the time to do that I could do for you? Don't show up with a critique or an idea or an opinion. Show up with a request of, I want to do something for you that you need it to get done that you don't have the time to do. That might mean changing the sign outside. That might mean making the coffee before meetings. That might mean like making these copies for them. And I know you think, I don't have the time to do that. But if you don't have the time to do that, I guarantee they're feeling like they don't have the time to do that. So find a little time for them to show them support. And and, and I think... I think if if our goal is to help our student ministry grow and be successful, um, the best way to, to to build a foundation for that is a good, healthy church, right? And so us playing our part in that yeah. is, is going to be, um, man, so, so crucial along the way in, in creating just a great culture. One that we not only just like want to attend as a church member, right, but just a, a good, healthy staff to work in. And I mean, when, when ministry's fun Monday through Friday, Sunday goes a lot better, you know? That's right. Okay. But here, here's, here's a little pushback. Cause we talked about this pre-show and I want, I want to get it out there in the episode. All the things you guys are saying are great. Faithful in the small things, showing up on time, being present, asking questions. What if you do that for a season, six months, a year, and you feel like, that you're still not being heard and you're just being used or utilized for the work you can do. Like at what point do you feel like you've been the team player, you've tried, you've contributed? How do you how do you feel when you hit that wall of I've tried, I've been supported, I've done what I can, and yet I still feel like no one's listening even when I'm asking good questions and being faithful in the small things? I think, you know, when I've hit those seasons, 
Um, I'm not there, not easy. Number one, and you go home from work defeated, deflated, and frustrated for sure. But what I've reminded myself constantly is um, I don't work for you. You know mm. what I mean? Like, not to sound like a jerk, but I really, I mean, I, I hope to support the senior pastor, but ultimately I don't work for them. So my motivation can't come from their praise and applause and support. So they're just another human, um, another person who's called to ministry, probably like doing their best. Maybe we butt heads, maybe we get along. I don't know. But I do know that my level of integrity, my level of support, and my level of uh, what I'm giving this church um, cannot be dictated by how I feel about my relationship with my senior pastor. So I'm mm-hmm. called to do what I'm called to do. It would be super nice if we were BFFs and got along great. Chances are that probably is not going to be the case, but um, I've just had to adjust my focus of who do I work for? It's not him. So those are the times that have really pushed me through, you know, to the next season. And then maybe you have a better season. But I think you always start with the question, um, is there anything I can do or change? You know, we're only responsible for ourselves and every relationship is tricky and it's a dance. And, you know, you think to yourself, I've asked, I've done, I'm at a loss. There's nothing left I can do. Um, you know, sometimes it's just time to suck it up and keep going. Now there are situations that, you know, I have been a part of where it's like, someone above this person's head needs to know what's going on. And so I don't want um, to ever say like, well, if if you're being verbally abused and taken, just suck it up. Because there have been situations where, you know, sometimes leadership even higher has been like, how long has this been going on? Why did you never say anything? You know what I mean? Like there is a time, but but the most disrespectful thing is you can go above someone's head before you've brought it to their own head. <laughs> like, yeah. like you have to go to them first. Like, and that's so biblical too. You give somebody the first shot at reconciliation. You give them the first shot at change. You're honest with where you're at. If you don't see a heart change or relationship change and things are an an, an unhealthy point, there is a situation where it is time to inform higher senior leadership, if there is one at your church, of, um, hey, I don't, I don't know what to do here. Um, and that's always done with a humble heart, of course, but I mean, I even think that's biblical. So, you know, it, 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 the hard part is knowing when that time is, but you always give them first shot at reconciliation. I think, I think to answer your question, you know, I think Kristen nailed it on the head of just who do we work for? And, and I think being obedient and being faithful and all of these things that we're talking about, right? The paying attention to small details, serving, those kind of things. If the only reason we're doing those is to elicit a change from our leadership, then we still haven't got to mm. the heart of our own matter. And so I, I would encourage us yeah. that we're not faithful in the small things and we're not serving our our leadership just so we have more credibility that comes with it but yeah. hopefully we're doing these things out of obedience out of a love for Christ a love for his church um 
you know, and, and I think at the end of the day, like when we've done that for long enough, we've built a relationship with our senior leadership. We can have these conversations of the bigger things of the church and how can we help and how can I serve you? And, and I think asking that question is very fair of, Hey, how do you feel supported by me? What can I do better in that? I think those are important questions to ask, especially if you're new at a church. And here's an even more important question or conversation. I think maybe some of our listeners need to have that. We don't just start with a, Hey, how can I support you? especially if you've been there for a long time, maybe some harder conversations that we need to have is, hey, I want to apologize for maybe a season or a year that I don't think that I have done this well and I want to do it better. Um, That's tough, man. That's a tough Mm -hmm. conversation to have. That's a humble Mm -hmm. conversation to have. Uh, But maybe for some of us, before we can step in and go, well, all right, I'm going to take these guys' advice and start doing these little things, and then they'll listen to me. Maybe we need to take some some time of of asking for forgiveness, r- reconciling that relationship, um, and and le- and leading from that place. And and I think that I think there's some good ministry practices in there, but I think more than anything, there's some real soul healing things for us in that of maybe some hurt and some um, uh, distrust that we have in our own heart for our leadership that we need to heal first before we can really start to talk about some change. What is leadership more than just the ways in which we are in relationships? And if those things are healthy and right and true, um, that's more reflective on us as a quality leader than some of the things that we hope to get done or the processes we hope to manage or make change over. Uh, Leadership starts in the way in which you care for and nurture relationships. You know that from your student ministry. Model that not just for your students and to your parents, but in the ways in which you relate to your staff, both the staff you work alongside and the senior staff that you hope to support well. All right, that does it for episode 106. Okay, we mentioned at the top of the episode, but you've got to check out Science for Youth Ministry, the podcast, and the free curriculum, scienceym.org. Check it out. It's great. Thanks for listening to After 9. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After 9 Ministry, or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more. Upside down. And I'm going to show you.